All right, I will say good evening, good evening. Let us begin. So we are picking up. So today's, tonight's Amit is going to be Yud, or at least uh, some part of Yud. We are picking up on Testament Bays 9b, and we are picking up um, Michti. Uh, five, six lines up from the bottom, 9b. Sigmar says as follows. Sigmar says, Michti, hi yul rifi. So remember, in yesterday's daf, we made reference to this idea that one recites this phrase, yul ratzonim rifi, Hashem So, which literally translated means, yul rifi, Hashem, my word, the words of my mouth should be in accordance with your will. Words are actually in accordance with your will. So the Gemara says it's actually interesting. The Gemara says lebasof mashma meikara. So mashma meikara. So I'm sorry, mashma lebasof mashma leikara. So the Gemara says as follows. So what's interesting about what's interesting about this statement is, do you say it at the beginning of Shmona Esrei or the end of Shmona Esrei? Right? Because after all, again, it can kind of go on the beginning, kind of go on the end. After all, what you're saying is, my words should find favor with you. So maybe this should be recited before Shemona Esrei. Maybe after Shemona Esrei, to which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, but we know that we recite this phrase, we recite this phrase at the end of Shemona Esrei. Right? At the end of this is said after Sim Shalom, Hamvarech Samo Yisrael Bashalom. Then we say Yudloratzon, and then Elokai Nitzar. So why did Chazal go ahead? Why did the rabbis institute at the end of Shmona Esrei? It's actually interesting. He says, I'm Rabbi Huda, Breit Rabbi Shimon, Babazi, Hovalo, Amru David, Elola Achar Yudchas Parshios, Lefichach, Takino Rabban, Elola Achar Yudchas Brachos. Since the phrase Yudloratzon and Rifi, which again appears in Sefer Tehillim, and when it appears in Sefer Tehillim, it appears in chapter 9. In Tehillim. So it comes after 18 chapters. So, to again, when Chazal put it in Shmon Esrei, where do they put it? At the end of 18 brachos. Shmon Esrei is 18 brachos. So, at the end of 18 brachos, they put in Yudarat Zon. Very beautiful idea. Okay? So the Gemara goes on. The Gemara says, uh, good. So the Gemara says, but it's not really 18 chapters Rather, it's Yutas Avion. It's really 19 chapters of Tehillim. To which the Gemara says, So the Gemara answers that the Kapitloch of Ashrei Ha'ish and Lamu Rag Shugayim is in fact one chapter of Psalms. Okay, Dhamra Yehudu Rabbi Yoshim Ben Pazi, Kuf Gimel Parashos Amr David, Falo Amr Halaluka, Ad Sherabim Apalasan Sharisham. David Mal said 103 parshos of Tehillim, 103 chapters of Tehillim, but yet he did not say Hallelujah until he got up to the section about the downfall of the wicked. Shinei Mar, Yitamucha Tamir Aretz Urishaim Odeinam, Barchi Nafshias Hashem, Hallelujah. Only after David Mal discusses, ultimately again, the disappearance, the disappearance of the wicked and the disappearance of the sinners. Only then does he say hallelujah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that there's this concept. There's this concept that on one hand, sometimes like we're taught that you have to accept some level of evil in this world and accept that evil exists. And then sometimes what we're taught is we have to do everything and anything within our power to eradicate evil. And it's, it's, it's this interesting, it's this interesting balance. So like if you look what David Amal says, David Amal says, Yitamu chatam in aretz urishaim od enam. Ultimately, again, the goal is that the Rishaim are no longer. And only then, Barchi Nafshias Hashem Hallelujah. Then my soul will bless Hashem Hallelujah.
Halaluka. Okay, interesting. So the Gemara says, Hani kuf gimel kuf dalen avion. But it's not 103 chapters, it's 104 chapters. El shmamino, ashre ish, velamurak shukoyim, chada parshi. Rather, you see from here that again, those two kapitlach of ashre ish and lamurak shugayim are in fact one chapter of Tilm. The Amr Shlom Arachmani, Amr Yochanan, top of Yud, 10a, koparsha shahaisa chaviva al David, any kapitel of Tilm, which David Amalek felt, was special to him. Pasach Baba Ashrei Visiyam Baba Ashrei. He began it, he opened it with Ashrei, and he ended it with Ashrei. Pasach Baba Ashrei Dixiv Ashrei Ish Visiyam Baba Ashrei Dixiv Ashrei Kol Chosebo. So just an interesting idea that it, and if you, you find like these little like um, I guess like you call it like breadcrumbs in Tehillim that that uh, of certain kapitlach that resonated so to speak with David Hamelach more, even though David Hamelach wrote them, but certain ones you know spoke to him more. Anything that has Ashrei in it that begins with Ashrei ends with Ashrei that shows that the kapitel contains a theme that is very special and unique to David Hamelach. Good. We'll say now we come to a ridiculously amazing story. Ridiculously amazing story. Ten a four lines down. Hano baryoni there were these baryonim. Now, we'll say, how do you translate baryonim? Rashi says, pritzim. Right? Baryonim are like ruffians, you know, no good nicks, difficult people, but like, not, not like annoying people, like people who really made Rabbi Meir's life miserable. Made his life miserable. So what happened? So, have a kaboy, Rabbi Meir, rachami iluye, kihechi dilemusu. Rabbi Meir was davni that they should die. They should die. So, there's a, a, lot, a lot of discussions about this in general about davening for people to die. We actually did this in Smicha Schaber the other week, about are you allowed to daven for someone who's very ill? Someone who's very ill. And let's say within the realm of medicine, there is no way to cure this person. And the person is suffering terribly. Are you allowed to daven for someone to die? Again, not not like in a spiteful way, right? But again, just, I don't want them to suffer anymore. So obviously it's a big machlokis aposkim. A big, big discussion about whether or not you actually have, but they, and, there, and there is, we saw there is definitely a school of thought that says you're allowed to some, daven for someone to die, so that they should be released from their pain. So here it's interesting also, Rabbi Meir is davening for people to die because they were making his life miserable, making his life, causing him a lot of tsar. So watch this. So Bruria, Rabbi Meir's wife said to him, my daitech, one second. So why, why are you davening for these people to die? Is it because Mishum Dechsev, Yitamu Chatoim? Are you basing on the part where David Amalek says, Yitamu Chatoim Min Haaretz? Ultimately, again, the sinners should cease to exist from the world. So, based on that, Raimer was saying, you see, even David Amalek Davins for the eradication of evil. So, so too, these people are evil. These people are evil. These people are making my throat, they're evil. So, I'm Davin from the Dutch. So says, I don't know, Miksiv Chotim Chatoim Ksiv. It's interesting. This is fascinating. David Amalek doesn't say Yitamu Chotim in ours. You see, Chotim would mean sinners. Chatoim means means sins. So David Amalek is not davening for the sinners to die, but rather he's davening for the sins to disappear. We'll see what they mean in just a moment. Furthermore, this is all Berea talking to her husband. But old Shafir the safe the craft. Furthermore, look at the end of the pasuk. They write Urishaim od enam. The pasuk says once the Chatoim are removed. The wicked are no longer. Now, what does that mean? So, this is incredible. This is what Bria was saying to her husband. Kevan di tamu chatoim orishaim odeinam. What Bria was telling her husband was as follows Don't daven for these guys to die, daven for them to do tshuva. What Bria was saying was people are inherently good, but sometimes even very good people 
do very terrible things. So instead of have davening for the person to die, daven for the chet, daven for the sins inside of them to disappear. And once the sinful behavior goes in, then what are you left with? What are you left with? You're left with goodness. First of all, just what a beautiful way like to look at to look at. You know, now again, j- just to be clear, there is evil in this world. We, we know this. We're, li- we're living. We're living through this now. There is evil. And that evil can't be explained away. And that evil can't be explained as misguided or misunderstood. There's evil. There's evil. What Bria was telling her husband was, but there are people in this world who do very bad things, but they're not bad people. They're just highly misguided, misinformed. They're just making wrong life decisions. And Bria says, if you just daven for them to do tshuva, don't daven for the sinner to die. Right? Davin doesn't say, Yitamu chotim minar. It doesn't say the sinner should disappear. He says, Yitamu chatoim. The sins should disappear. And what happens when the sins disappear? Orishaim odenam. The wicked are no longer. See, right? Mary was reading the Pasuk as, the, right, the, 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 the sinner should disappear. If the sinners disappear, ultimately there's no more Rishaim. Berea says, oh, David Malach is saying, David is saying, the sins should disappear. And once the sins disappear, then what? Then there are no more Rishayim. Why? Because the Rishayim, the wicked, are no, no, no longer wicked. It's, it happens to be, it's, a, it's such a beautiful way, like to look at humanity and to look at people. And this is what Berea was saying to her husband. So the Gemara says, rather, Ella, boy, rachamilu. So Berea said to her husband, don't doubt that they should die. Rather, so they should do tshuva. Sure enough, for these people, the and ultimately again they did tshuva. They did tshuva. Ah, oh, excellent. So Chaim, so right. So so Barshan, so the Marsha says one second, one second. The Yivara says that everything is in the hands of heaven except fear of heaven. In other words, tshuva is something that you have to do yourself. You have to do yourself. So like, how can you daven for someone to do tshuva? So the Marsha actually comments on this. He says something very beautiful. He says, Raimir couldn't daven for them to do tshuva. Raimir davens for them to have the strength to do tshuva. In other words, Chavra, if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of times, why don't we do tshuva? Right? Any, any given day, I have to do tshuva for something. So why don't I do it? I don't do it because often, if I have to do tshuva, tshuva often comes along with like a lot of lifestyle changes or potential lifestyle changes or other changes. And I, I'm just, I'm not really ready to do that. I, I, I know that I have to. So a lot of times, tshuva doesn't happen because I don't have the strength to do it. The Marsha says, Rabbi Meir was davening for these people to find the strength. He was davening for them to have strength to do tshuva. But the tshuva ultimately, again, was something that they had to go ahead and accomplish on their own. Incredible. Okay, what's the right? Incredible story. So, so much to say about these numerals, but we'll go by it. Amr Allah, ha'hu tzeduki lebruya. So listen to this. There was one tzeduki who said, remember again, who are the tzedukim? Who are the tzedukim? The tzedukim do not believe in Torah Shabbat they do not believe in the oral law, right? Remember again, we have two, we have two bodies of, of Judaic law. The written law, right? And then we have Tarsha the oral law. Mishnah, Gemara, the Halachas, the Mishnah, Sanaitic law is given to Moshe Rabbeinu. The Tzedukim didn't believe in that. All they believed was in Chumash. That's it. So there was a once that Tzedukim came over to Berea and he said to her, Ksiv, the Pasuk says, Rani Akara, Lo Yalada. So he quotes over here the Pasuk. 
quotes over here the pasuk from Yeshaya. Rani So, so literally it means sing, sing out, O barren one who has not given birth. So the Tzaduki says to Bruria, I don't understand. Mishum Rani. Why, why would a woman who's barren be singing? Right? What, 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 what is she singing? So Bria said to the guy, you fool, go look at the end of the Pasuk. Because there are more sons for the desolate woman than to the, than to the kept woman. Now what, what does this mean? So the Akara, the Akara that the Pasuk is referencing is actually someone, who, someone herself who does, have, who does have children. So the Gemara says as follows. So what does it mean ultimately again? That, that, so what does this mean? Amar Hashem. So Ela, my Akara. What is Akara? Lo Yalada. Rani Knesses Yisrael Shadomu Isha Akara. Shelo Yalda Banim Legehenem Kevasaychu. It's actually beautiful. So the Pasuk that says Rani Akara. Lo Yalada means sing the barren woman who has not given birth. Not given birth to whom? Not given birth to children who are going to go to Gehenem. In other words, she's barren from wicked children. She's birthed, Baruch Hashem, many righteous children, but she's barren from wicked children, and because she's barren from wicked children, therefore what? Therefore she, cry, therefore she cries out in song. Beautiful, beautiful. There was another Tztuki, so the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, a song of David, when he ran away from Avshalom, his son. So remember again, we know the story, by the way. Avshalom was the son of David HaMelech who rebelled. Who rebelled. And Avshalom, again, was ready to kill his father. David HaMelech would not fight his son. And so instead, he chose to flee. Chose to flee. Avshalom ultimately is, uh, is, 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 is defeated. But the Paz says as follows. Mizmor David, a song of David. When he ran away from Avshalom, his son. So then there's another capital, and the capital says for David, a composition, when he ran away from Shaul and hid in the cave. Now, the, we'll say, so what's interesting to note is as follows the chapter of Tilma about Avshalom, excuse me, is in Perek Gimel, chapter 3 in Tilim, and the, and the capital of Tilim about Shaul is chapter 57. What's the problem with that? It's not in chronological order. Remember again, the episode with Shaul, David hiding from Shaul, comes before David running away from, from Avshalom. So says, hey, hey, Maisa, Havabresha. So which event happened first? Michti Maisa, Shaul Havabresha. Write the episode with Shaul happened first. If that's the case, Lichto Beresha, why not write about the episode with Shaul first? This is interesting. So remember again, it's, the tzeduki is talking to Rabbi Abba. Rabbi Abba says, you tzedukim, you don't darshan smuchin. Smuchin means that we look at the juxtaposition. Juxtapositions are meaningful, and juxtapositions set, shed light on the entire subject matter. So listen to this. So you who don't darshan smuchin, it's a problem. Anon. But we who do darshan smuchin, who look at juxtapositions, it's not a question. Then the Gemara says, by the way, let's pause here for a second. 
Smuchim in Atar Minayin. From where do we know that we darshan smuchin? Right? From where do we know that we look at juxtapositions? Shenamar smuchin laad liolam asuyum beemes viyashar. Lamanismucha parshas. First wide line. First the widest lines. So if that's the case, Lamanismucha parshas avshalom le parshas gogu magog. So interestingly enough, the section of Avshalom also discusses the war of Gogu Magog. The war of Gogu Magog ultimately, again, is the war of good versus evil, of good versus evil, where there's a rebellion of the, we'll call it the axis of evil in this world against the rulership of the Ribbono Shalolam. I guess we shall the Shalom. So the Gemara says, Shema Yomar Lacha Adam, Klum Yesh Evet Shemari Barabo. Now again, person says, go, 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 people are going to rebel against God. How could people ever rebel against God? Is there ever such a thing as a servant who rebels against his master? You could say that, well, you know what, would there ever be a son who rebelled against his father? To which the Gemara says, the answer is yes. Who's the son who rebelled against his father? Avshalom. So what's interesting is in the in chapter three of Telim, where David seeks out the war of Gogu Mago, which is the war of good against evil, rebellion against God, a rebellion of the servant against the against the master. Person might say such a rebellion would never happen, right? Nobody would ever rebel against such an authority figure like like a master. So then again, it's not true. We see an example of a son who rebels against the father. Who's that example? That's of Shalom rebelling against David. And therefore, again, that kind of metaphorically foreshadows that in the war of Gogu Magog, ultimately the forces of evil will rebel against HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well. Incredible. I'm Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Mishra, Rabbi Shema Yochai. Maidich Siv, this is actually beautiful. What's the meaning of the Pasuk? Piha Pascha B'chachma, V'soras Chesed Alushon. We'll say Eish Eshes Eish Eshchayel. So literally it means her mouth is opened with wisdom and the Torah of Chesed is on her tongue. So the Gemara says, Keneged mi Amar Shlomo, Mikrazeh. Who is Shlomo talking about? Right? Who is the Eishas Chayel? Who is the Eishas Chayel? Who is he talking about over here? So the Gemara says, Lo Amru Ele Keneged David Aviv, Shedar Bechamisha Olamin, Va'amar Shira. This is beautiful. According to this approach in the Gemara, it's actually a reference to his father, to David Amelech. David Amelech lived in five worlds, five worlds, and he sang to HaKadosh Baruch, he sang praise to God, in each of those five worlds, Dar Imo, he lived in his mother's womb. Shira, he sang song Shenemar, Barchi Nafshas Hashem, the Chol Kuravai Eshem Kadsho. Yatzela Avira Olam, Dalmel comes out, comes out into the world. Vinistakel Bekochav Mazos, he looks at the heavens, right, and he sees the stars and the constellations. And what happens? Va'amr Shira, he sang a song Shenemar, Barchu Hashem Malachav Ki Borei Koach Oseh Dvaro Lishmoa Bekol Dvaro Barchu Hashem. So beautiful. Yarak Mishteimo, Daramelech nursed, he nursed from his mother. Vinistakel Bidadeha, Va'amar Shira. And he looked at his mother while he was nursing, and he sang song Shine Amar, Barchi Nafshias Hashem, the Al Tishkechi Kol Gimulov. Literally, again, my soul blesses Hashem, and Hashem, do not go ahead and forget all of those who depend on you. Amrabi Avo, Shasala Dadaim Bimakombina. It's actually very beautiful that a mother nurses her child, right? So again, she nurses her child from the chest, the same area of the heart, which is a beautiful idea. So in other words, literally again, a mother, when she's conveying milk to her child, is not only giving sustenance, but is also conveying to him what or her whatever is within the mother's heart. It's such a, such a beautiful idea. Amrabi <laughs> Amrabi 
Okay, in other words, why, why does the child nurse from the chest as opposed to somewhere else? In order that nursing should take place from a cleaner part of the body. Fine. Next, David Abel saw the downfall of the wicked. So remember again, each of these psukim really refer to different stages in life in which David HaMelech says, what's incredible, by the way, is you see that David HaMelech is able to see God in every stage in life. He's able to see God in the in utero existence. He's able to see God in birth, able to see God ultimately in nursing, able to see God in the downfall of the wicked. Now watch this. Nistach Misa. David HaMelech saw prophetically the day of death. Va'amr he sang a song about the day of death. My soul blesses Hashem. Hashem Elokai Gadal Tamot Hashem. You are great. Hod Vahadar Levashta. You go ahead and you, you, you clothe yourself literally again and hold in Hadar, in grandeur and beauty. So my Mashal Yomi said, how does this refer to the day of death? From the end of the Pasuk, If you hide your face from us, Hashem, we will be afraid. Ultimately, again, if you collect the spirit, we expire. So the end of the Pasuk is actually talking about death. It will say, so we're going to stop over here for tonight. But there's something very interesting, which is this idea that David HaMelech sang a song. The, the other ones all make sense, right? To sing a shira about the in utero experience, to sing shira about the power of nursing, the downfall of the wicked, going to say, sing, sing mazolos, but why a song about the day of death? Right, it's such a strange thing. But we'll say, if you think about it, death is the greatest gift. It's actually incredible. We know this, we see this in Bereshis. The Torah says at the end of, at the end of creative process, the Torah says, Hashem saw that all that he created, all the v'hinei tov ma'od, and it was very good. So the manager says, what's tov ma'od? Zeu hamisa, this refers to death. Death is called tov ma'od, why? And we'll say, it makes a lot of sense. Imagine for a moment if you lived forever. What would happen if we were immortal? What would happen? First of all, can you imagine what your garage would look like if you were immortal, right? In other words, like, like we know how much we procrastinate, even though we know that we only have a relatively short amount of time on this earth. Imagine what procrastination would look like if we were immortal. Death is the greatest gift. Because what death says is my time here on this earth is finite and limited. And I do not know how much time I have. And because I don't know how much time I have, I need to make sure that I use every moment to its fullest. Death is a bracha. Death could also be tragic. But death is a bracha because it's actually the existence of death that really pushes us to maximize the way we live. So powerful is death that David HaMelech himself created a special shir, a special song for the day of death itself. All right, We'll pick up here, Mezzah Shemandana. Everyone is invited to Hasidah Shir, which takes place in the, in the base. Medrash. Shkoyach, everyone.